and welcome to the People Purpose Podcast, the show that explores all the ins and outs of the challenges and opportunities HR, people managers, and all people face at work every day. My name is Julie Devlin, and I'm here with my colleague, Chaz Fields. Hi, Jules. Hi, Chaz. How are you? I'm good. How are you doing? I like your blue shirt, Chaz. Thank you. It was a gift to myself. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. So, so every every time I go into a pro shop and I'm like, oh, that's a shirt color that I don't have, you know, at the golf course, I'm, mm-hmm. I have to pick one up. You know, yeah. it's uh, uh, you know, it's not my best uh, spinning habits. But so yeah, you I was going to say, so you take your your golf, uh, the what they charge you for the golf game, and then you add another eighty dollars on top of that for a shirt, right? Yeah, it's yeah, at least. <laughs> At least, right. are so expensive. <laughs> they are. They so are really expensive. Yeah. I'm glad I don't have that habit. Chaz, tell me something good. Um, so, Julie, we all – I know I've mentioned Gregory in the um, in a previous episode. I think it was like holiday for workplace considerations. We'll put the link in here. Um, but you should remind people. Yeah, I, I'm around people. Gregory's pretty great. But have you – like I think we all get this, that, that feel-good feeling after you get your hair cut. Okay. You know, yeah. I mean, you know that feeling after like you've got a little pep in your step, a little bit more swagger, right? Because you just got your hair done. Tell me you don't feel that. Uh, I don't know. I don't know that I feel that the way you might. Because <laughs> whenever I get my hair, so my hair short, clearly. Sure. Um, folks might be interested to know that my hair used to be super long, like super long. Really? Now, yes. When I, I was know. 20, when I was what? 21, I got it cut. But mm-hmm. um, that's a story for another day. Um, I don't, I always feel like it's a little too short when she cuts it for the first time. Now my, my hairstylist is amazing. I've been going to her for years and years and years. Um, so your optimal, your optimal feeling is like a week after your haircut. About, about, about nine days. (laughs) (laughs) Julie, tell me something. (laughs) (laughs) Um, something good. Um, all right. So I actually went, you know, obviously I'm a huge baseball fan. Uh-huh. I went to the Orioles game last yeah. night. You had yeah. great seats, by the way. I did. And I got to see one of my favorite baseball players of all time, and that is Mike Trout. And I know that's cliche, you know, Mike Trout's the best player ever and that kind of thing. Bless you, Chaz. Thank I you. saw you sneeze, yeah. Ever? Um, ever? Well, wow. well, he's he's yeah, he's good. He's good. He's very he's good. good. I don't know that he's the best ever, but also another guy on his team, Shohei Otani, who's the pitcher and the hitter. Really I mean, cool. that's the yeah. modern day Babe Ruth is pretty amazing. Anyway, so I went to the Orioles. I love going to Orioles games. Camden Yards is the best place to watch a baseball game. If you've not been there, go there mm-hmm. if you're a baseball fan. Um, and uh you know, I get to hang out with some friends and, uh, you know, I, I just had a good time. It was a good night. It was beautiful weather. And, um, I was, I was just happy to be there. So that's my something good for today. How about you? I love it. I love it. No, the, the, the post haircut feeling is me. All in. <laughs> oh, oh, you already, you already yeah. said it. Yeah. Uh, so let's do what we always do, Julie. Let's <laughs> talk about the business stat of the day. Uh, so we did a study, shocker, at the Workforce Institute, our research arm uh, here at UKG. And this one's specific to manufacturing, but I think some of it is contributed to all labor markets. I know the study is specific to manufacturing, but I'm sure the pressure is happening across from the people we've talked to. But um, what we know is the demand for workers is still really, really high. And in this study, more than two and three manufacturers or 68% of terminated employees in April of 2022 um, were cited as having intolerable attendance issues. 
So attendance. People who got, yeah, attendance. So people who got fired, um, it was around attendance um, huh. or terminated, I should say. Fired. We don't use the term fired anymore, do we? I don't. Think I mean, so. uh, no. Yeah. It sounds it sounds a little harsh. Um, yeah. What, um, what did we yeah. used? To, I used to use. Um, we're going to have to end the employment relationship. <laughs> It's so HR of you. I love that. I love that. So no, um, first thoughts on that, Jules, attendance issues. Um, uh, It's sort of like the age old problem, right? Um, Attendance issues at work. Um, Mm -hmm. And, you know, obviously not being in the practitioner role anymore, but working alongside lots and lots of HR and business professionals, you hear about how they get ghosted by people. Um, The tax flu. You remember the tax flu? The tax flu? No. Yeah. Yeah. You know what the tax flu is? And some of the, in, in, in manufacturing, it's individuals who get their tax check and then just don't show up for like the next two months. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I did not know that. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's, it's like a known thing within the oh. manufacturing industry. They call it the tax flu. Yeah. All right. Well, I mean, it makes, it makes some sort sure. of sense, but the question is, do they, does the employer retain them during that time? Really great question. Varies mm-hmm. by organization. Yeah I, think, yeah. I think when you you look at a stat like this and the demand for employees right now, you almost want to keep everybody as much as you can. I know. You know? And it and it goes goes back to that whole balance of power, how it has shifted. It's yeah. crazy how it how it shifted. Because, you know, if you think about attendance issues and you think about folks just not showing up to work for a, a large amount of time mm-hmm. in, in the past, right, when I mean past 10, 15, 20 years ago, that would have been immediate grounds for termination. Right. Right. So um, I think for me that my, my, my first thought to it is um, actually a great segue to today's episode. Where does, at what point is, trust broken with holding people accountable in this situation mm-hmm. and going, going to, well, do you keep that employee? Do you make sure that they continue to work for you with something like the tax flu or how many attendance points slash issues do you have to have before we let you go? Or that trust is broken that that individual um, is going to perform anymore. And, I, I don't know what that threshold is. I think it's very specific to the organization, probably even specific to manager or department even. Does that make sense? I 100% agree. Yeah. Yeah. That is, that is a good segue, right? Accountability in the workplace. And, you know, we can talk for forever about this topic in many, <laughs> in many different realms, um, right? But yeah. um, I, I think that, you know, over the years, um, it definitely has evolved. And sure. And I think especially over the past, is it three years now? How long have we been in the pandemic? I don't know. Has it been 12 it's over years? Two, it's over two. I don't think. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Feel, feels like 12. I think yeah. it's only been about two. We're like on the cusp of just over two. I think oh, is it is. really? So, okay. It feels a lot longer. March of 2020. That. March of oh, 2020. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So just over two. Um, no, but it's right. Accountability in the workplace. And and, and this one actually came in as, as a semi-request about how we handle accountability. Um, and Julie and I threw some thoughts down because we we wanted to look at what accountability means today and what does accountability mean to you as an individual. Mm-hmm. So if you have to ask yourself, like, what does accountability to mean or what does accountability mean to you personally, right? It's It's easier to hold ourselves accountable, but how do we hold others accountable without making them feel less than or like they're not performing or feel like they're being micromanaged. 
Julie, like what, I guess. Wait, let me ask you a question. uh What does accountability mean to you personally? Wow. Um, I wasn't ready for that. No, no. So yeah. So I think I break mine out. So I break mine out personal and professional. Okay. Uh Um, and, and both have overlying themes, I guess. And, and some of it is exactly the same. Uh, I think I have to have specific goals in mind, first and foremost, that I need to achieve. I've shared this in the last episode, love writing goals down, love achieving goals, love checking the box. We talked about painting the wall in previous episodes and you said you wouldn't be hired to paint and I love it. Um, (laughs) That also comes with a little level of grace too, where it's not going to be perfect, but I know that if I did the job and did it well, I can, you know, step away and and be happy. Right. So, um, that's the function of accountability to me, the, the practical of accountability. The other piece of it too, is, is being able to hear what people have to say and and navigating that situation well and more importantly implementing right we use teresa as an example if she gives me feedback implementing that feedback so she can see that i'm making progress so she's holding me accountable but i'm also holding myself accountable to meet the need of what she expects me to do does that make sense yeah no it totally makes sense yeah what about you like how how i guess in the realm of accountability what what is what is something we often get wrong Ooh, something we often get wrong or, or, or makes it difficult to being held accountable. Yeah. That's the question. Uh, I think, I think something that makes it difficult to being held accountable is lack of consistency of managers. If we're talking about the workplace, lack of consistency and how accountability is applied or how, um, how accountability is viewed. You know, Mm -hmm. I've talked a lot and and in my speeches and whatnot, I talk a lot about trust and I think that trust and accountability obviously go hand in hand. When we talk about trust and we talk about trust in the, in the, uh, in the realm of work, mm-hmm. you know, I think it's important that organizations have their own definition of what trust means to them as uh-huh. a whole, as a culture. Mm-hmm. But I think this can also apply to the concept of accountability. What does accountability mean to us as a company? What does accountability mean to us as a department? What does it mean yes. to me as a leader? Yeah. And, um, you know, again, I think that is going to differ based upon industry, based upon demographics, based upon geographics, you know, I mean, geographical location. I think that, um, I I just think that, you know, something we get wrong is not having that formal idea of what it really means and then not applying it, uh, not applying it universally. Yeah. You got to take into consideration too, where you had mentioned, and and I agreed with you on asking for help is often viewed as a weakness. I think another weakness is also being unwilling to accept constructive criticism. Right. So, so what, what does accepting constructive criticism look like to you? uh, Accepting constructive criticism to me looks like being willing to listen, even when you don't necessarily agree. Mm-hmm. So there's a reason that someone would be providing you feedback on something, right. feedback on criticism or, mm-hmm. or f- feedback with criticism. Um, you know, I think also we as people have a tendency to take everything personally, Yeah, where, which, which is understandable. You know, it's understandable. I do it. You know, I've, I've tried to get better at that over the years. Um, 
But, you know, I, I just think that um, we need to be willing to hear what others have to say. And that includes our managers at work. Now, mm-hmm. here's the other thing. Our managers and those providing the feedback need to do so in a way that is respectful, yeah. uh, that is uh, that has the right tone. Mm-hmm. And probably more, more important than all of that is the right timing. I think that timing yeah. is so important um, yeah. when it comes to that kind of thing. So I, I, I remember a uh, not a colleague, a person that I was working with in um, a job a while back, and essentially what happened was they received feedback when it was really hard. Like they they had been working really really hard, they were really busy, they were burnout, and they received constructive criticism at a time that honestly they felt pretty low. Mm-hmm. And it was like, I don't need to hear that. Like right. I, that is not the time that I need to hear that. It's just so funny that you mentioned the timing piece because I was like, man, if you would have caught them the, even the next day when they had a chance to rest after a really long day, that would have made a huge difference and would have came across as more of a level of accountability. And like, I'm here to help you improve versus the individual taking it as actually, no, that wasn't a good job. And that's how it was received was I wasn't a good job. And it had absolutely nothing to do with the performance. It was just that it, the manager was saying, hey, look, like, you know, here are some things that you you can do better next time or try out next time, right? right. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I remember, um, you know, if we think about how feedback for you and I have evolved over the years, right? So feedback, you know, 10 years ago for me, I used to operate in the rules of the job, right? Like specific rules, specific boundaries, like put it in a box. And if you didn't operate within that, um, any feedback was going to be like, I would take it as I'm going to lose my job. Mm. Right. Cause I, I was terrified. You know what I mean? I was insecure. I was young. I was trying to figure out, you know, my place in the workplace and, and I was ramped up and I wanted to do well, but that was not positive for me. So the feedback I was receiving didn't come across as a level of accountability. It came across as I was not doing my job properly. Even it could have been something minor. You know what I mean? It could have been something minor, but it was this, oh no, like, am I in trouble? Am I going to lose my job? And then you start to spin and it becomes really hard when in fact they were just trying to hold me accountable and do better. Does that make sense? Yeah. But I am interested to know like sort of why you felt that way was a culture thing or was it truly more personal? Like, I I think it was both. I think it was a little bit of both. Uh, You know, working in construction just in general is very, very stressful. Right. Mm -hmm. It's very, very hard. And it's very, um, you know, it's, it's, it's a long hours, long hours, long day. It was on call 24 seven. Like it was, it was difficult. Um, but I also think that my perception of what work should be was also Mm -hmm. skewed based on Mm -hmm. how I was trained to work in the workplace. And that, that's not fair either. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And that's something I think that's also interesting when we talk about accountability at work, you know, Uh we have to take some of our past beliefs and recognize that some things have obviously changed. Mm -hmm. Um, and we need to start, we need to evolve with work. We need to evolve with the world of work. It's not going to move backwards for us. Mm -hmm. I say this a lot when I talk about generations in the workplace, it's not going to, uh, you know, move backwards. We need to move forward along with it. So, you know, I think it's also um, there there's a a part of accountability where we need to take personal ownership as well. Oh, tell me more. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, 
I think that when we talk about uh, when we talk about some things maybe that go wrong in the workplace, uh-huh. my experience was I used to have employees that would blame others first. <laughs> yeah. It's your fault. So yeah, it's your fault. <laughs> I do right? that all the or, time behind well, your back, Julie. I mean, it's I'll, okay. Uh, I'm sure, <laughs> but I, I don't doubt it. But Stop. I'll. <laughs> but I, you know, I would have an employee. Um, who I'm just going to give a simple ex- example, who was on their cell phone, you know, all shift. Well, she was on her cell phone too, or he was on his cell phone too, you know, um, or, oh, I, your actions. Right, or, or, or I saw, you know, Oh, uh, well I showed up uh, 15 minutes late today. Sorry. I mean, I saw so-and-so show up 15 minutes late yesterday. So it's mm-hmm. not my fault. I was just following what the culture is. Right. Mm-hmm. But this is where I go back to the whole fact of, you know, we have to apply accountability rules in a way that's fair, um, in a way that is respectful, um, mm-hmm. and in a way that's consistent. Because mm-hmm. if we don't do that, then you're going to have these questions. You're going to give employees a um, a reason to blame other people. Yeah. So I yeah. I, yeah. I, I I like the ownership piece. I also like when it comes to accountability. Obviously, you have to meet deadlines within the workplace. You have to you have to meet deadlines that are set by others within the workplace. I get that. Um, we talk a little bit about feedback, but there has to be a willingness to be coachable. Yeah, from the individual, right? We talk about good organizational citizens a lot, and I think being a good organizational citizen is is having the willingness to be coachable right you don't have to agree with everything that that someone is telling you from from an accountability perspective but like we're individual contributors so let's use that as an example right we're individual contributors we we speak we write we do all the fun things that we do but we're not the best at our job right like we're there's always ways to improve yeah and even if you're the only one doing that job within a function in your organization there are ways to improve and and if you're going to ask for an opinion or even not ask for an opinion or feedback you have to be willing to be coachable because that's the only way that you're going to be able to move the needle when it's time to ask for, you know, a raise, or if it's time to ask for more responsibility, or if it's time to ask for, you know, whatever it is that you need to get your job done or, you know, increase your skill set. Uh, I think that's a really critical piece in accountability, kind of one of the pillars that we often miss. What do you think? Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. And, mm-hmm. you know, I think that boils down to, um, you know, employees do need to know that they are responsible for the, their decisions, their behaviors, right. their performance. But yep. again, you know, we as employers, we as leaders need to recognize that we are also really, uh, we play a huge role in ensuring their success with those things as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so if we're going to ask them to hold themselves accountable, I think another question is, are we holding ourselves accountable? So what mm-hmm. I would do, Chaz, is I would challenge our listeners today, those of you who are in positions of leadership, those of you who are in, you know, higher level positions in organizations, you know, how do you hold yourself accountable? Right. You know, how do you, uh, how are you accepting criticism, even from people who are, what would be considered lower than you, if that makes yeah. sense, when we're talking about an organizational chart, right? Yeah. I think that um, it's not always easy to accept criticism, um, but I think it's a necessary fact of life that yeah. we're going to encounter it. Um, and, you know, it just sort of comes along with that whole the the whole idea of being accountable. So 
I, I like how you brought up culture too and what the organizational culture is, right? So we've mentioned in the past, if you're not getting the, the tools or training that you need that we've talked about in the previous episode, levels of accountability, holding employees accountable, could the organization be equally at fault by not holding? So if you don't have, the reason I say this, if you don't have the tools or the training that you have to get the job done and yet you have a deadline to meet, Right. And and let's say in this situation, you go and ask for more training or a better tool that is going to help you. And the organization says, no, but you still have to meet that deadline. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't think that's fair necessarily. And, and, and maybe it's, maybe it's not necessarily fairness, but it's, it's hold on. You want me to meet a, a deadline. You're giving me all this feedback. You're trying to hold me accountable. And yet I feel like I'm set up to fail. Right. So I think I think that's kind of on the organization too. Oh, absolutely. Is that a stretch? Is that a stretch? No, no, I don't know. I, I definitely think it's on the organization. Yeah. I think I think I think we all play a role in accountability. And you know, I think um, you know, making sure also that we're setting goals that hold us accountable. Yeah. You know, you've you've talked about goals, right? We yeah. can talk about the 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 smart goals. You've heard about that before, right? Yeah, specific measure yeah, specific, measurable, achievable, relevant, and and time bound, if mm-hmm. you will, right? Mm-hmm. That's what that stands for. So, I think though, when we have goals, when we when we take that, um, when we take steps to create them, and also steps to um, meet them, then accountability sort of comes along with that. Would you agree? Yes, yes. There again, I think it goes back to the willingness of both the organization to recognize that the employee has needs mm-hmm. and and they may not be providing it. So organizations fall on the flip side. I have to hold myself accountable to your point earlier with responsibility to my actions and my behaviors. Mm -hmm. And that employee that you mentioned, Hey, I was on my phone the whole time for my shift. And it's like, okay, yeah. And, and and that's, I don't think that's okay. Right. Like the blame shifting, even though that may be the culture, like the finger quote culture, I really struggle with that because if I'm holding myself accountable to the job that you're paying me to do mm-hmm. and it's not getting done, then that shows me that you aren't coachable. You're not prepared for feedback. You know, you're you're you have this unwillingness to actually do well in your job. So maybe we need to have a different conversation. Yeah, I also think it's important to remember when we're talking about accountability that all of us make mistakes. Um, and that, <laughs> and that, we, yeah, yeah. And that, you know, we have to acknowledge our mistakes. We have to yeah. fix our mistakes. We have to own our mistakes mm-hmm. and recognize that all of us are human and leaders also need to show that empathetic leadership mm-hmm. and recognize that, that people do make mistakes and, and that there are going to be twists and turns along the way, um, on the road to productivity, on the, on the road to accountability even. Um, but I think it's important that, um, we, you know, we, we, we do pay attention to details and whatnot to hold ourselves accountable, um, and develop a real proactive approach to achieving the goals that we set for ourselves, but recognizing that there are going to be some snafus along the way. And that is normal. And that is, okay. We don't have to be perfect all the time at work. Yeah. That's a really good point. It took me a really, really long time. As I mentioned my experience earlier to, um, 
you know, admitting that I've made mistakes to view it as a strength versus mm-hmm. a weakness. Same. Right? That's, that's what we should be teaching in organizations because I think accountability will breed itself when it's, I'm not going to be able to do this perfect the first time, but we've created an environment that says, Hey, look, like if you fail, we're here to pick you up and to right. help you make it better. Going back to those smarter goals, right? Like the, mm-hmm. the goals were, if we're trying to achieve something that's not realistic, then it's not a smart goal. And thus you will fail. But when right. you do fail, you know what? Uncle Chaz, Aunt Julie, we're here to help you. You know what I mean? I mean- yeah, yeah, but also managers looking at mistakes and failure as teaching opportunities rather than mm-hmm. opportunities for criticism um, or or to put someone down. You know, I mean, yeah, all of this, all of this, Chaz, yeah, all of this has has to is falls under the umbrella of accountability. Mm-hmm. And there, there are a lot of, of levels to it. Um, but I think that, you know, we need to work to kind of get it right, um, from the mm-hmm. top before that we can, you know, expect our employees mm-hmm. to, uh, to feel okay about, mm-hmm. um, holding themselves accountable and to understand what it means to hold themselves accountable in, in the organization and in life. Yeah, I completely agree. So Jules, what, what did you find your purpose in today? Oh, uh, we're ending it, huh? Um, <laughs> I know, I know. Um, I found my purpose in today, purpose uh, saying that we as employers have to come up with cultural definitions of accountability, of yes. trust, of these things that are universal. And not only that they're universal, but they're understood. Mm-hmm. And we need to do a way, we need to have a way to train continually train our employees on these things and to make them aware that it's okay if you make a mistake. Yeah. I I think that would be mine is do our employees understand what the level of accountability is within our workplace, right? And more importantly, we're here to help you if you feel um, like you're failing, right? Or if you are failing when we come to you and approach you with feedback or even criticism, right? Even constructive criticism. I don't think there's anything wrong with constructive criticism to know that, Hey, look, like this is just a level of accountability we want to discuss and we know you're going to get better. Right. And, and take it from that approach versus uh, it being viewed as, Oh, you're coming down on me because you're telling me I need to do something different. So um, a few reminders before we leave, don't forget to like, and subscribe and use the hashtag people purpose pod on social media sites like Twitter and LinkedIn. Also be sure to check out the latest blogs and research from the workforce Institute at UKG by visiting the workforce Institute.org. Julie, that is it. We look forward to y'all listening to the next episode. Thanks everybody. Bye.